Welcome to Whatever Works, our unique fortnightly podcast in which we talk about whatever works in our lives and in the lives of our community members. Find us at whateverworks.works. And why not join our community? Simply search for Whatever Works at mewe.com and get stuck in. Okay, let's do that. Three, two, one. Hello! No, no, you didn't do it. I'm sorry, I'll do it with you. Let's try again. <laughs> Three, two, one. One. Hello! <laughs> Welcome, everyone. We're back. We're sorry we're late. It's old Aidan's fault. It is my fault. I put my hands up to that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was in pantomime land for 10 days and didn't come up to, for air until Friday. So sorry about that, folks. How did it go? Was it a roaring success? It was, Ted. It was, it was one of those things where one says it was incredibly hard work. I don't think I've ever worked as hard as that in years. My goodness, I'm glad it's over. But I wouldn't have missed it for the world. Um, it, it was a real shock. It was a post-COVID, oh, this is what works like moment. And uh, yeah, 10 days producing Dick Whittington in Boston, Lincolnshire. If anyone listening is near there, go and support the show. It's a great show and it was wonderfully directed. And, and did you do your radio spot as well? Yes. Oh, I mean, as if that just to walk, <laughs> coming to the end of it when I was absolutely shattered and wanted as much rest as I could. Um, I was asked if I could get up and get to the theatre at seven o'clock in the morning to be live on Radio Lincolnshire, being happy and talking about pantomime, which, of course, I duly <laughs> did. And yeah. the dame, bless him, came in and did a 7.45 spot. So, yeah, no, no rest for the wicked. But we had a great deal of fun. And there's now a lovely pantomime running in Boston. Thanks to moi. Great. Well done. Excellent stuff. And um, how are you? You can't, you can't <laughs> hope for more than just enjoying what you do, so that's great. Exactly, yes. I, I'm all right, thanks. Yeah, nothing to report here, as usual. Life ticks on, waiting for lockdown. But let's not go there. No. Let's talk about whatever works and show 151. It is now the middle of December in 2021. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry and Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it is the is this the last one? No, it's not. We're supposed to be doing one on Christmas Eve, aren't we? Are we still doing that? I'm up so far, so good, Ted. I'm up for that. Oh, I right. might see if the okay. big fat man can join me as well for a few moments. Oh, okay, then that would that'd be great. <laughs> You'll, everyone will have a, a nice Christmas present from us, which will be a nice show one five two. Absolutely. In the meantime, we have one five one. Whateverworks dot works is the website where you find links to all the stuff we're going to natter about today. MeWe Group, of course, is where we try to encourage people to throw their stuff up. Um, whatever works in your lives, their lives, and we bring the highlights of that to the show. Of course, tezsalmon dot com is where you'll find me and. And links to all the stuff that I do, podcasts and MeWe groups and everything. And Aidan Bell, if you want to book him for your next panto, <laughs> he can be found at AidanBell.com. So do head across there. There you go. Your turn. My turn. I want to start the show, Ted, by thanking you very much for bringing to the show the transparent glasses face visor. You remember uh -huh. you brought this thing that's it's, it's a COVID face visor, but it's it's basically a piece of plastic that goes in front of your face and you put on as if you were putting on a pair of glasses. And you were saying on the show how you'd bought one for your father, I believe, and that he was very yeah. happy with it because he found he could wear his regular glasses underneath it. Um, and I just wanted to say I did the same for my mother because not only does she have glasses to worry about, she has hearing aids also to worry about. Um, and so she was really getting into trouble with so many products are hanging onto her face. And she's very happy with it. She likes it much more than the normal mask. She says she can breathe more easily with it. Um, and so thank you. We, we, your, Excellent. Your father and my mother are now the owner of the same plastiglass face visor. And, and other people, because um, during the last fortnight also, someone came in to visit uh, mum and dad, for some reason, showed this thing to them. And the pair of them, mum and this lady visitor, both ordered one on the spot and they, they, they've all got them. So um, they, they did use my affiliate link. So that's great. I'll get a few pennies splendid, for that. Splendid, splendid. So, yeah, it is a good a good unit and dad's very pleased with it. They I all think my, my mother's, my mother's, the USP for my mother is more e is easier easier to breathe what she doesn't like about the ordinary yes. masks is that it blocks off the breathing and she said and the problem of course is of course visually she'd love to wear it to go to the theater or the cinema you know we went to see west side story which i've ra rabbited about on west on miwi group this week which we yeah. thoroughly enjoyed but unfortunately she had to sit in an old-fashioned mask for that because of course you can't really get a crystal clear view through the glass one no, and also you're supposed to wear a mask anyway, aren't you? If you go, th those face visors are not on their own considered to be mask enough. You're supposed to wear a mask underneath anyway. 
Oh, goodness. This is another matter. Oh, move on quickly. I wasn't aware of that. <laughs> oh, weren't you? Naughty boy. <laughs> Tell the, us about the, AirPods, but, but if, Ted. But if, no, but if no one stopped you, that's the problem, Nobody isn't it? Nobody stopped us, and my mother feels yeah. safe in it, so there we are. They should, have, they should have really told you off and said, no, no, that's not good enough. Anyway, Ian Barton, the judge is back, on the Andrew James 3-litre AirPod. AirPod. It's been a while since I had a thermos. We had a thermos review, says Ian. I bring you the um, Andrew James 3-litre AirPod hot water dispenser with pump action. It's double wall insulated and lightweight. Hot and cold drinks can be kept in it. When I go out in a group, when we go out in a group, says Ian, we usually want a hot drink before setting off early in the morning, another one when we come back for lunch and at the end of the day. In the past, there would be multiple thermos flasks of varying capacities and ability to keep water hot. A friend recommended one of these. They're available in three or five litre capacities. Hot water is dispensed by pressing the plunger on the top with no need to open the flask. The water is hot enough to make tea from 8am to 6pm. Um, you often see a similar device, as says Ian, in a conference room. Yeah, the only problem with this is um, the weight, I suppose, because if you suddenly are carrying five litres of fluid around with you, someone's got to carry it in the walking group or whoever they yes, are. Yes, yes. And um, you've got to lug it around with you. But no, it sounds as though they were coming back for lunch. So maybe they were It was they were coming backwards and forwards. But um, yeah, and I've thought about having one of these to save, keep boiling the kettle through the mm -hmm. day. Um, and I've spoken about that on the show before. So, yeah, um, fancy one of those? I do. I mean, the only thing is I take Ian to task with managing to drink only three hot drinks a day, morning, noon and night. Yeah. <laughs> I need a lot more. I get through the five litres by myself. Um, I do like this. Um, unfortunately, now that I've progressed onto this snobby, posh latte cafe, of course, you can't do that with a, with a thermos. <laughs> but if you're a tea man, if you're a good old fashioned tea drinker, then why not? I, I think that's great. Yeah, we used to make tea in the flask with the milk in it already, and yes, everyone it's ready the to posh the, the posh people used to frown about that. You can't do that. No, make I've the done the same with coffee. With you put the coffee, milk, and sugar yeah. in, and mix it all up together. No harm at all. <laughs> Excellent. Right. Now, um, Jeremy Harpham is next on Film Dialogue. He posted something in the MeWe group about how it's difficult, um, has become more difficult uh, as time gone, has gone on, to um, uh, pick up dialogue in films. And my parents suffer with this um, all the time, and they didn't used to. But he said that you would be able to drill into this issue um, <laughs> as a sound person, engineer, and uh, tell us all about it. What I'd like to do is put my hands up and say, mea culpa, I've been in Pantoland and I haven't had a chance to read the article yet, which I'd like to study so I can hopefully give a more intelligent answer. But of uh. course... It's not just about volume. It's not just about, oh, turn the volume up against the music because there's there's the position on the soundstage where something sits, you know, left, right or centre or in the 5.1 if you're watching a movie. And then, of course, frequency plays an enormous... I mean, just one example that comes straight to mind is if you and I were to speak simultaneously, people might be able to note the difference and recognise the two voices because I've got quite a high-pitched nasally voice and you have a more round and resonant voice. Whereas if I were to speak simultaneously with, for instance, Steve Litchfield, whose voice is closer to mine than yours, our two voices might get tangled up. But why don't we go into this in detail when I've had a chance to digest? Yeah. Let's do that. Let's bring it back to the next show when you've had the chance to look at it and to read to, to, to look at the article that Jeremy has kindly linked to and we'll go from, from there. So hold on to that, Jeremy. We'll come back to it. Ooh, in the homework, meantime... Homework for Aidan Bell now. There we go. Yeah. In the meantime, Aidan Heath-Robinson-Bell meets <laughs> Judge Barton for some electronics geeking out in the next one. <laughs> I have to confess, <laughs> I watched the video... I understand the concept of this, but I have no idea how it works. Ian Barton has brought us the Yosu Health Gear DC to DC boost module. The principle of this is powering something that would require a higher voltage with a lower voltage. It's a step-down power for your outdoor Christmas lights. Ian says if you want to put up some Christmas LED lights in your garden but can't reach them with a mains extension lead, you can use this converter to power them with your power bank. 
Graham Houghton explains in this video how this gadget converts 5 volts from your power bank up to 38 volts for LED lights. So, I mean, the principle of power conversion, I think I can get my head around. I actually watched a video and thought, well, what I do for my Christmas lights is I don't run a mains cable outside. I do the mains, run, uh, do the mains conversion indoors down to 38 volts, and then I just run a cable outside with the 38 volts or the 12 volts or whatever the set needs into the garden. So I'm not quite sure what the advantage is, because you still need a cable to run it to the lights. However, um, I no, can't because really... you, you can put the power bank you next to You can put the power the... bank down next to it. Yeah, yeah but that, you, you see, I, I would just be constantly worried that my battery was going to run out. I would I would always <laughs> prefer to run from power if at all possible. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful for being put into the Heath Robinson box always, but I'm <laughs> not sure this is really something for me. But I do understand it. If you don't want to run cables and you're happy to get, I believe you can get a day or two out of a decent power bank. So it's not as if it's going to be going off every few hours. Then, yeah, why not? Not necessarily for me, but a nice idea. What do you think? Graham Halton video is really funny. It, it reminded me of the bloke that used to do that TV show, How. Oh, um, yes, and, and yes. Then, and then he, what was that, Country File or Country Life or something he yes. did as well? What was his name? He was an old boy with a pipe. I know who and you mean exactly, Graham, yes. Graham Halton video just reminded me so much of him sitting in his shed yes. and <laughs> fiddling with all these oh, things. Oh, shed videos are always great fun. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Thank you very much, Ian. And I'm glad that it worked for you. And, um, yeah, good, good stuff. Daniel Bemis is next, bringing us Arm and Hammer. They make toothpaste. I use Arm and Hammer toothpaste. Arm and Hammer really? clump and seal litter. This is kitty litter, I do believe. As yeah. close as I could find in the UK for the actual one, I use it in the USA, says Daniel. It's a seven-day odour-free homes. Uh, Seven-day odour-free homes are guaranteed. No crumbly lumps, extra low dust, low tracking, whatever that means. The house doesn't smell like a litter box all the time, and I can sift out clumps instead of changing it all the time. Well, that's good. And it smells fresh. He says it's about $18 in America. Ian Barton no commented, tracking. saying, $18? That's very expensive. We buy the cheapo stuff from Morrison's or Sainsbury's. It's £1.50 for a 10-kilogram bag. I think it's paper-based waste. Well, yes, Ian, but I think what Daniel's pointing out is there are several USPs to the stuff that he's found. Um, Ian goes on to say, the used stuff either goes into the waste bin or chucked into the muck spreader to go on the fields. Well, we don't all have farms, Ian, to put it on. <laughs> but I take the point. It can be used as a compost, certainly. Um, yeah, I guess it's just a comparison of different, time, different types of cat litter. I remember we used to be a cat family. We used to have cats. We used to use cat litter. But, of course, those were just in the days when you just bought bog-standard cat litter and that was it. Now, of course, there are all these specialities such as arm and hammer clump and seal litter. So I think the real USP there, isn't it, Ted, is that you, you, it just clump. It, crump, it, it congeals together in a single lump and you can just throw away the lumpy bits and keep the rest going and therefore you have less waste so. as well. So maybe it's not so expensive, Ian Barton, after all. It sounds disgusting, whatever it is. <laughs> imagine putting your hand in and picking up some cat poo. Well, no, as, as, a, as, a, as a previous cat owner, it does tend to harden and solidify, and, and it, it, it's, it's, it's not quite as horrible as it may sound. Yeah. I'm try, I'm, I'm try, while you were talking there, I was trying to work out what this tracking thing is. Um, incidentally, some of those um, bullet points um, were from the Amazon listing. They weren't um, Daniel's words. Oh, I so, see. Um, so, so the low tracking was not his words. That came from the Amazon listing. Um, but I still can't find what it is. I'm trying to play for time here. Well, OK, while you play it. for time, let me tell I've, <laughs> I've got something. I know I've been a bad boy. Right. I've been neglecting uh, my duties and I've been off in pantomime land. But I have got a product. And okay. this, is, this is really, really hot off the press. I actually finished putting this together about 10 minutes before we started recording the show. Yeah. I bring you a wireless doorbell with four chime units and two bell pushers. While we were away, uh, my mother was emailing me uh, suggesting a, we've had an issue with the doorbells because we have a front door and a back door. And we have an ancient doorbell system that my father put in in 19... 12, <laughs> which um, has the same doorbell sound for both doors. So you just hear the doorbell ring and you have to run around the house to see whether it's the front or the back. So I decided this was ridiculous. And I chatted with my mum before I went away to Panto to see if we could come up with a solution where we'd have different sounds for the two different doors. 
During a I can't stand this anymore moment in pantomime land, I went on to Amazon and I discovered these doorbells. Uh, and I, what I like about this very much is you have two buttons. So we've got one for the front, one for the back door. But you can program different um, chimes according to the two doors. You have four receivers, four chime emitting receivers. Uh, and the thing I like about these is they plug directly into the mains. So there's never any, we're going back to what, what I was saying earlier about the Christmas lights, never yeah. any concern about batteries. They just plug in and that's where they live. Uh, and they have a nice little uh, circular blue flashing LED when they ring. And there are 58 chimes. Now, as always, most of them are awful. Most of them are just horrid, nasty, <laughs> horrible things. But we managed to find a couple of Big Ben sounds. One was a real grand bong, 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 bong. And the other one was a more tiddly little bing, bong, bing, bong. So I've used, I've assigned those to the front and the back doors. And they were very easy to program. People who know me know that I prefer knobs and buttons than menus. However, the menu was easily, easily sorted and it was practically a knobs and buttons thing anyway. You just select the chime you want and then you press the learn button and then you press the doorbell and it's learned it. And you can then repeat that for the second doorbell. So it's learned two melodies. I had to go through that four times, of course, so eight altogether. But once it's set up, it's there, it's done. I fixed the last doorbell to the door about 10, 15 minutes ago. And thus far, I can tell you that it works a treat. It's audible. It, they all four go off every time as they should. The two doors are separate from one another and I'm very happy with my wireless doorbells. I can report back on how good they are in, in longevity, of course, in a couple of shows time if they're still working. Fiendish and not an app in sight. <laughs> Absolutely. These are they're, 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 you know, they're new technology because they're wireless, but they're older technology because, as you say, there's no Bluetooth involved. There's no apps involved. Yeah. Once you set it up, that's it. It's there. You press the button. The doorbell rings. End of story. I do have one, one bone to pick, though, because I think that when you said it's um, plug in the mains, the button presumably needs a battery, does it? Oh, I do beg your pardon. The button itself has a wee battery in it. Yes, of course, it comes right, with yeah, the battery yeah. in it, so I'd overlook that. Yes. OK. And how long that will last, I know not. I'll have to report back no. on that in a year or so's time. <laughs> so this so this whole thing that gives you four yes. is 46 quid? 46, uh, £45.99. There were several options. There were there were units with just two ringers or four ringers or two bells. Most of them, of course, are just one by, one one bell push, one button. Um, and you can, it's also available in white for the same price. So you can choose your colour. As I say, the only negative for me is that the is that the chimes are really quite horrible. But luckily, there were some more standard traditional doorbelly type ding dongs that we've we've gone for. But if you, if you like your horrible little melodies, then there's plenty of them. Fifty eight. And the speaker, I might not have been listening properly because I was researching as well. But the speaker, it, it's good to hear right across the house, oh, is it? Very dare you. Yes, there's yeah. four volume levels, and right. uh, we found okay. if we put all, each of them on four, and I've put them, th I've spread them throughout the house. Uh, and the useful thing is the blue LED light. So I've actually put one in my mother's bedroom where she works on her computer, where she'll actually be distracted by the light as well. So even if she oh, doesn't right. hear it ting, she'll see the light flashing. Um, <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, it, 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 so far it does seem to ring throughout the house. Throughout I don't the house. Like I don't like the white ones much. I go with the black. I went with the black, definitely, yes. Yeah. Very nice. Really good. And it is nice just now and again to see something that is smart but is not smart app phone not connected, kind of centric. Yes. Nobody can yeah. hack into it and ring the doorbell yeah. when I don't want them to. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well done. There you go, then. Time for our second jingle, or is it third? No, first. First, actually. Heads top tips, heads top tips, heads top tips. All right, well, there it was. What have you brought us, then, Ted? What is your top tip for today? It's not mine, it's John Love's. I poached it from him, and he's got John's two top, top tips. tips. John's top tips, John's top yeah. tips. Ziploc bags. Ah. Put your cables in Ziploc bags, he says, for neat and convenient storage. Um, now, you, these these Ziploc bags are these ones that you buy to put, usually stuff to put in the freezer in. These are, are very small ones, which he's used to put cables in, and you can pull the top across so it seals up nicely. Um for too long, like many, says John, I would throw spare, useful cables into a box, only to then have to spend 10 minutes looking for the right cable when I next needed it. Of course, I would then spend another 10 minutes unravelling oh, it. we've all been there, John. <laughs> yeah, they just get twisted together. No longer is this the case. 
for the last couple of years now, um, all my cables have been placed into these little bags. Now, when I look for a cable, it's much easier. No untangling required. Game changer. It also forced me to get rid of these no longer required cables that were shouldn't have been there anyway. So, yeah, that's a really good idea. Those kind of freezer bags, if that's what they are, Ziploc bags. I've, I've linked to one, or John might have done, on Amazon. Um, there's a... No, I think I did, actually. I th um, and there's... Um, how much were they? Have you, are I've you looking looked at and they're now? currently unavailable, <laughs> so I can't oh, tell you. But Ziploc bags have been around since God was a boy, and they are fantastic. These, I think these are the kind, I think people will know, when you buy something like a doorbell that needs to be screwed to a wall, if they give you screws and, and raw plugs, they often come in a little tiny Ziploc bag. Um, actually, one of the pictures here shows it next to an iPhone, and it's about the size of the screen of an iPhone, so that gives you the size that John's talking about here. But they are available yeah, the, in a myriad different sizes and shapes, aren't they? Yeah. Right. Now, I've refreshed the link in the show notes, if you hold on a second, okay. to update it. Okay. And there, you'll find now, if you click on it, hopefully, yes. there is one that is actually on sale. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, Which is pretty much the same thing. £3.49. Yeah, they're cheap as well. And John goes on to say, with a fiendish tip here, if you have a pack of cable ties or something similar, don't cut the end of the packet. Make an incision in the middle. This way, you can still pull out the ties, or indeed, I would say cables easily when you need them, but you can but you can throw the pack around in the back of a cupboard, etc., without fear of them all coming out. That is fiendish, because I've often, yeah. when if there's a, for instance, a pack of screws, um, you want to sort of try and squeeze one through out through a little hole without causing the whole thing to rip open and all the screws to fall out. But if there's a small incision in the middle, that can be your your exit hole. So I like that one, John. Thank you. Well done indeed. Thank you, John, for rescuing Ted's top tips. And now, jingle number two. Yeah. I wonder who bought it. So, who's bought what, Ted? Oh, is it me? It's you. It's ah, a chicken this is shredder. What's that? Someone... <laughs> <laughs> for goodness sake, pull yourself together. Oh, no, it's I not won't. It's not a panto anymore, oh, you know. Yes, Right, someone's bought a chicken shredder, and um, it looks really interesting. Almost, um, I almost bought one, but I didn't quite. It was £12.99, um, but there is 5% off of that at the moment. It's, I, I don't know, it's chicken shredding something that Americans do. I've never heard of it. I it, facetiously wrote in the MeWe group, I thought only foxes did that. Uh, I've never heard of chicken shredding before. But, no, but but when you watch the video, um, which I'll link to in the show notes, you can see how easily it works. You put this piece of chicken in, and it's got these prongs in it inside. And it's not just chicken. You can do it with other stuff as well. And you get these prongs inside, and you turn this handle two or three times, and it it just basically rips oh, it all like apart. It's a torture it. device. Don't put yeah, your exactly. hand in it, for goodness sake. So I was wondering if some this is something, because I'd never seen yes. one before, I did wonder if it was something that Americans do, but I'm not sure. I think it must be. I've not come across it before either. Wow. Well, anyway, Philip Ray commented. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I was having a moment there, Ted, to just consider chicken shredding. Philip Ray says, chicken mayo sandwich, perhaps. Steve Heinrich said, this is a pretty common thing here in my part of the USA. There we are. The main dishes I can think of are shredded chicken barbecue sandwiches, where the chicken is smothered mm. in barbecue sauce, and Ooh, shredded yeah. chicken tacos, where the chicken is seasoned with Mexican spices. <laughs> My wife and I, says Steve, also shred chicken for making chicken salad. We would probably oh, use right. this product often if we had it. Thank you, Ted. So there oh, we right. are. Okay. It is an American thing. Um, it, do it does look nice. It does, look, it does sound stuff? tempting now, yes. When you see the stuff finished, if you, you can imagine, like Steve says, if you put it in a barbecue sauce, in a sandwich or, or a salad, that, that sounds really nice. Or just shred the, shred the stuff, sprinkle a bit of salt on it and sit in front of the telly and eat it like a snack. Yeah, with a cocktail stick. Number three. I'm not going to say anything. We're going to count the jingles it's, this week. It's you. I refuse to do any silly voices or say anything at all. Get on with it, Ted. What's next? Yeah, Black Rock Men's Black Heat Thermal Insulated Hat. Whatever that means. That, that's, a stu that's a stupid line from Amazon, isn't it? I do apologise. I didn't edit that properly. Um, so... 
I was um, looking at my hat this week, my woolly hat, my thermal hat, which is just basically a woolly hat. Yes. And it was on my head because it was cold. And I thought to myself, oh, I wonder how long I've had this thing. And so I went on the hunt for it into Amazon. And sure enough, there it is, £4.95. So it does qualify for cheapest chips, unlike my usual uh, uh, um, uh, Excuse things. me, I'm, I'm so sorry, Mr Salmon, it's gone up. <laughs> it's £5.95 no. today. No. <laughs> right, that's it, I'll take it out now. No, no, you've started, so you'll finish. Beep, 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 off you go. <laughs> Inside the um, woolly hat, there's, it's got a, a thermal lining, as you'd imagine, mm. to, to claim it to be thermal. And it really is um, thermal um, quality. It, you stick this on your head, and after a, a few minutes, you you have to take it off. Well, I do anyway. Um, however cold it is, it, you have to you have to wear it in in shifts in order to make sure that you don't get too hot. Um, but it, yeah, if you wore it outside on a very cold day, it'd be absolutely great. Walking down the beach, I've used it for that as well, mm -hmm. and um, it, it's great. Right. There's one size. It's very stretchy. Um, I've got a huge head, as you imagine, and it fits me absolutely fine. But it also fits my mum as well. So, you know, it, it will adjust to different size. Anyway, it used to be four ninety five. I promise you. <laughs> That's because you're big headed, Ted. <laughs> Do you know what? Um, it's, it, it's extraordinary, isn't it? How much heat loss or heat gain, heat gain there can be achieved by regulating the head. It's, uh, yeah. They do say that it loses and gains more heat than any other part of the body. And tis true indeed, isn't it? I think it's to do with blood going to the brain. Yeah. Before you go on, I've just used um, Keeper. Do you, presumably you know about Keeper. Keeper is a Chrome extension that you can put into your um, Chrome browser. And it, when you look in Amazon, it tells you what the prices of stuff has been over the last months and years. Never heard and of it, whether but... no, it's called K E E P A. Right. So I'll put I'll put a link in the show notes to that. Um, and I can tell you that it was four pound ninety five between the first of December and the eighth of December for <laughs> that week. Just gone up so that it could bugger up your yeah, cheapest chips. Yeah. That's all it was. But 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 that's but that's another good top tip actually. Um, the key thing because it does you if you scroll down on the page it gives you a graphic representation of how the prices of the each item has gone yes. and not a lot of people know about that so i'll put it in the show notes oh mon dieu and now jingle numero quatre i want one i want one i want one i want one of those oh it's me again isn't it you, uh, um, yes, I, it, the world's first bolt action screwdriver. This looks like a lot of fun. It looks like a gun, actually. This is a um, striker bit EDC grade five titanium hex bit pocket screwdriver with bolt action mechanism. So um, it's a small uh, pocket screwdriver, which is um, got a quarter inch hex bit in it. So it's a standard thingy. And the, the unique feature of this is that when you um, slide the bolt one way or the other, one end comes out a Phillips and the other end comes out a, a flat head. Um, or you can change the hex bits to whatever you want them to be in. But the point is, though, that with this bolt thingy, you can slide it across and then lock it into position like you would with a, a gun thingy. And um, it works apparently very well. I haven't got one, but that's why it's in I Want One of These. It is hideously expensive at 30 quid um it's got magnets in it as well to keep the the bits in place and it looks really nice do you fancy one of those okay i'm going to represent aiden bell bubble bursting ink what on earth is the point i watched this video and i thought yes but you could just use a screwdriver <laughs> I don't understand why. I, I mean, I, I understand the, 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 the bolt action and how it works and what it does, but I don't know why the thing just doesn't stick permanently out of the end in the first place. What well, is the advantage in bolting it in? It does Because it doesn't then catch on your tights and your, your cardies um, when it's in your pocket or... Um, it's ah, perhaps you described it wrongly. I understood that when one side goes in, the other side pops out. No, no. Oh, so no, they can no. both bolt in. Both sides can be uh, um, removed together, can be withdrawn into the inside at the same time. Oh, no. Actually, this is a slightly different one. I do apologise. Yeah. This is slightly different. I thought one came out each end, but it doesn't. It only comes out one okay. end. Okay. 
So, um, yeah. I suppose, it, yeah, not... all right. I suppose if you want a screwdriver, if you have the need to carry on one, carry one around in your pocket at all times, then yes, it makes sense. Look, don't be critical. I was trying to find some <laughs> content for the show hey, I'm in just, your absence. I'm just, I'm just, uh, offering, clearing off. I'm offering discussion, Bugger- sir. I'm offering discussion upon the topic. And I like Buggering off one. and leaving me to no, it. No, go to and the... expecting me no, to come up no, with no, everything no, no, perfect. No, 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 you start. Tell us the next one, because I like this one. <laughs> this one's all right. Uh, you've got to watch the video with this one. This is the world's coolest torch and lighter and all sorts of other things. Did you watch the video I on this did. one? I did. I thought this one was quite fun. Yes, I'll accept right, this one. Right. Well, you, you can summarise this one. <laughs> Save my voice. It's a multifunctional pocket flashlight, which consists of a torch, a flashlight, but also a lighter and a prime bar in one small EDC device. And it is small. I mean, I watched the video and it's teeny. It's grade five titanium. So the idea is you should be able to drive a truck over it and it'll be all right. It's waterproof, as was proved in the video, because you actually see it underwater. Rugged, almost indestructible, allowing you to use it almost anywhere, even underwater. I don't know whether you could light the lighter underwater. The torch is recharged (laughs) via micro USB. It comes in at 45 pounds. So it's even 10 pounds more than your useless screwdriver. But I do think this is fun. (laughs) I like this. Um, Again, I don't think I'd ever need one. I'm not a smoker. I barely ever need to light anything. But just the idea of having this teeny little thing in your pocket, which, again, I think has no sharp edges to damage your pocket when it's not being used. But it's a torch and a lighter. Now, Ted, you'll have to tell me a prime bar. Is that you'll have to educate me there? I'm stupid. What's a prime bar? A prime bar. Well, it's your fault. You said it was a torch and all sorts of other things. And the two other things are lighter and prime bar. So I thought you'd know. Well, anyway. Oh, no, you, no, no. The, I think the pri- you, you prime. A f- if you're going out in the act- outback and you need to light, set a fire, you prime the fire by using the light, the, 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 the lighter end of it. It's not for lighting your fags. It's for it's for, for making a fire out. Well, the I appreciate that. But I thought it says lighter and prime bar. I thought it must be a, another function. Well, there we are. No, no, I think it, it primes your fire. OK, but let's throw it out. If you know better, dear listener, it says here torch, comma, lighter and prime bar. Now, does it mean lighter and prime bar as one function or as two? Answers on a postcard to Ted Salmon, Wales. <laughs> you, you, you got me working. You got me wondering now. This has been a bit of a disaster. Not at all. Not the, at all. I'm enjoying I, this. I want one of those. I'm enjoying this immensely. What's the <laughs> right. third one? This is one that you should be taking because this is right up your street. In the land of stream decks and loop yes. decks, this is a tour box elite controller. And it is a knobs and buttons and dials and, and all the rest of it kind of stuff to control your computer. Take it away. Oh, well, as you know, I love a good knob. Oh, Adam, don't. Um, yeah, this is... <laughs> I mean, as you say, Ted, uh, because I'm in the world of stream decks and loop decks, actually, personally, I don't need this one, but I do thoroughly approve. It's a Bluetooth. It's got haptic feedback. It looks like some kind of stream deck or loop deck, as you just said, but I don't really care, says Ted Salmon, what it does. It looks fabulous. Knobs and dials, I want one, absolutely. If you work a lot with so-called creative apps, so-called, eh? Classic, thank you. The classic mouse-keyboard approach of telling the computer what to do may sum Sometimes just not cut it. A dedicated controller for specific apps is more intuitive and makes your workflow more productive as a result. Here, here. The Torbox Elite is one such device, but it's app but it's app app agnostic and now comes with Bluetooth and haptic feedback. So basically, I assume, Ted, that just like my, my Loop Deck Stream Deck, you can program it to basically do what you want, how you want. With It's got, let's have a look, it's got a lovely sort of real um, front of the amplifier button in the middle. It's got another, uh, uh, I think you'd call it a scroll wheel to the left. It's got a sort of mouse wheel above that. And it's got a set of uh, left, right, up and down arrow buttons. And one, two, three, four more little buttons. So I imagine this is infinite programmable and fantastic fun and i notice it's a very dull gray color so you could even paint it too yeah you can get it in white i think but there's also um it it is very much to do with stream decks and knobs and dials and programming and all the rest of it if you've had a look at the loop deck um aiden i i think that in some ways i think we spoke about this on tech addicts actually in some ways the loop deck is more interesting than the 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 stream deck and if i'd had my time again i might have got the yes the loop deck has a has a scroll wheel on it so if you're doing it's got a video editing that's very 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 useful Uh, uh, and it's but it's 
also got six actual knobs on it where you can program those six knobs yes. to do different yes, things as can. well. Much much like this one. Now, the only thing about this one is that I, I think it's a Kickstarter campaign, or am I wrong? Is there a price here I'm anywhere? looking at the moment and I'm not seeing a price because I know that the loop decks cost something like £780 million. So I should imagine... Oh, here it is. Right, here we, here we go. It is a Kickstarter campaign and the minimum price is 178 quid. Ooh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, but if you're if if you think that this will work for you in a creative environment, particularly where you don't want to use your mouse and your screen um, and use dials and knobs instead, this could be an alternative because a loop deck would cost you more. Than I'm that. looking. Even the, the... the full size loop deck is four hundred and twenty seven. The yeah. loop deck live, which is the one without the scroll wheel but with the buttons, is one hundred and ninety nine. So it could yeah. be a toss up between the loop deck live and the the elite, but um. You know, yeah. other manufacturers are available, as they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 although this this um, tour box elite doesn't have a screen on it. The thing I liked about the loop deck was it's got this OLED panel, which um, is different to the physical buttons of the stream deck. I'll grant you, but it's just a different way of doing it. But yeah, good stuff. And I want all three of those things. <laughs> then you shall have all three. And yet, come and wear some jingle number five. It's me. <laughs> I tell hey. you, what I, I tell you what I'm still not using, and that's hairdressers, <laughs> because I'm still yeah. using the Hattaker professional hair clippers, which I bought at our uh, first of May 2020 show 109 in the middle of lockdown. I bought a pair of hair clippers, and I remember we discussed it on the show, and there was a lot in the MeWe group about hair cutting and how people do it and whether they've done it before. And I was one of those who put my hand up and said, "I've never cut my own hair. I'm scared." Well. I, I bought these things and I used them and I found out that they really are a piece of boop to use. No problem at all. And the extraordinary thing, Ted, is they, um, they're, they're, they're rechargeable. I haven't recharged them yet. I cut my right. hair again the other day. And now, I mean, I probably I haven't kept a record, but I suppose I'm cutting my hair every six to eight weeks. You know, mm -hmm. maybe every couple of months at, the, at best. And I haven't yet charged the thing, and it's at 70%. <laughs> so this mm. thing's doing remarkably well. Um, of course, it doesn't take me terribly long either, but they're, they're phenomenal. They really are extremely good. Um, I've no experience of hair cutting, so I can't compare them to any other hair clippers, but they really do seem sound. They're a good product. They work well. I've never had any problem. They always cut my hair nicely, as far as I can tell, and I haven't charged them once since I bought them. They were. Th I paid forty three ninety nine, which was was probably a, a lockdown markup because you can now buy them for £32.29 and I recommend them the Hattaker professional hair clippers which come with um, you know, just as you would see in the barber it's the basic shaving unit which has a, a dial so you can move it um, skin close or a little bit longer as it were for the haircut size and then it's got six I think um, I don't know what you call them bits that you attach six attachments which mean that the length of hair that's cut becomes longer and longer and longer um, charging cable USB I've probably lost that by now because I've never needed it uh, it comes with a comb which I certainly haven't seen since 2020 and I'm very happy um, and it's waterproof so what's not to love does that thing, there's an LED on the front, does that tell you how much battery Indeed, it did. It, and the last time I used it, a few days ago, it said there was 70% left. Right. Um, Very good. So, and it hasn't seen I can't believe that's. I can't believe it's only 38 quid. There seems to be an awful lot there. For for the, I know you paid five quid more, yes. but there seems there seems to be an awful lot there for that. I wonder of money. if perhaps they ordered them in by the bucket load during lockdown and didn't sell as many as they'd expected to, or because a lot of people bought them. The price, you know, I mean, demand brings down the prices. Maybe hundreds of people did buy them during lockdown, so the prices simply come down for that reason. Yeah. It looks great. I, I I I wish I didn't have a solution already because I fancy one of those. Hey, there's a new th but there's I a new section. You. I fancy one of those. What could we bring to that? <laughs> <laughs> Back in the day, I made a video. I don't usually make videos. I don't like making videos because I don't like my ugly mug on the screen. But I made a video and put it on my YouTube account and. Um, 
I uh, linked to that in the in the show notes here because um, back in whatever works thirty two in April two thousand and seventeen, I put this video up of these um, bags, these little leather bags, yes. which I was using as <laughs> kit bags. Um, they're soft leather. They're really lovely soft leather, and I'm still using them as as kit bags to keep all sorts of bits in um, and 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 stuff. They're 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 almost like handbag size, but you can you can just use them for organising things, yes. and that's what I do. They used to be a five each. They're now eleven pounds something or other each. Um, and I bought four of these back in the day, and they still get used. They're they're really good. And that video on YouTube. Um, yeah, it actually got quite a few hits, and I noticed that someone started following me this week because of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching this um, video, and um, oh uh, yes, you're pulling out. Uh, which is the phone you used to have with all the attachment bits? Yes, I'm watching. That was the Z3, the, Z3. the Moto Z3. I would point out there's only your hands in it, Ted. I mean, yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I made sure mug, that was ugly the case. or otherwise does not appear. <laughs> it, it did make me realise though how difficult it was to make videos and yes. the amount of time that the, the likes of Steve Litchfield must spend doing the the phone show, um, because if you were actually producing it properly and doing all the editing and um, blah blah oh, blah, indeed. then and you have to get the lighting yeah. right and all oh, and the sound, yeah, all sorts yeah. of things. Yes. Exactly. So anyway, that was an, a side issue. The point is that these little bags are great and they, they, they do sterling service and they work really well. They're made of lovely material. They pass the smell test oh, of the leather. Yes. Um, really nice smelling and they're really soft and supple and you can pretty much put what you like in it. They're really good for mobile phones. That kind of phone size yes. thing. I'm looking as at these thinking they'd be for my filming trips, for instance, just to put any and everything yeah. into. Uh, they mm. do look fun. As you say, you said there were only four quid when you bought them. They're now four times that. They're uh, five. Yeah. yeah, no, five quid. And they're, and now, they're now 11 pounds. So, yeah, the 12, seven, 12, yeah. 12 70, So they're yeah, yeah, nearly three times the price. But not to worry. They look lovely, Ted. I'm jealous. Brexit. Yeah, that'll be the one. <laughs> yeah. Now, jingle number six. We ain't heard for a while. Ah. Better before. I love that jingle. We should do more better before just so we can play the jingle. I like that. Excellent idea. I've got a better before. I toyed. I wasn't sure whether this was a better before or a room 101, but then I just wanted to hear the better before jingle. So I made it that instead. <laughs> I, something happened that I could not believe. I've been in Boston, as you know. I've been rehearsing panto. Uh, I've been driving in from my digs to the th to the theatre every day, and there's a car park opposite the theatre, which is two pounds forty for the day, which is fair enough. Not not to worry. So I park there every day, as did uh, several other people from the theatre. Now this is a cash only car park. The machine doesn't accept cards, and there's no pay by phone. You have to put cash into the machine. It's two pound forty a day. I went to the bank and I said, here's a £20 note. Could you break it down for me? No, she said, we can't do that. You have to put it onto your account first and then draw it off. And I thought, well, that's a bit ridiculous. I said, can I just take 20 quid out of my account then? And she said, yes. So she then gave me £20 coins, £20 coins from my account. And I said, can you break it down any further? And she said, no, we only have pound coins. I then went to the post office and I said, hi, how many of these pound coins could you break down to smaller money, please? And she said, oh, none of them. We don't do that anymore. And that's where my jaw hit the deck. Am I that old? Have I missed something here? You can no longer go to a post office with some cash money and ask them to break it down. I remember going in with a fiver. Can you break that down with a 50p? Can I have two 20s and a 10, please, with a couple of pounds? She said they don't do it anymore. And I said to her, kind of quite frustrated, well, I've got to pay £2.40 a day. Where can I get the small money? And she said, I don't know. I'm sorry. So for the first couple of days, I went into the local, there's a little Morrison's around the corner, and I bought a 10p suite, chucked the 10p suite in the bin and had 90p change, which helped me for a couple of days. <laughs> and after that, I just thought, oh, sod this for a game of lemons. And I just paid £3 a day for the car park and thought, well, you know, it's going to add up to a price of a cup of coffee by the end of the week, so sod it. But I couldn't believe, Ted, that we're living in a world where, on the one hand, the car park is cash only, no card, no pay by phone, no phone payment. You have to pay with cash. And on the other hand, we're in a society where you can no longer get your hands on cash. Now, what am I missing here? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> in actual fact, it's not just the post office. Um, it, this also happened to my dad um, when he went into a bank that wasn't his. He went to try and get some change in a bank and it wasn't his bank. They said to him that if this, if you banked with us, we would give you change for your for your note. Yeah. But because you because you're not our customer, we won't. Yeah, that's basically so what that... Halifax said to me. And luckily, I was a customer, so I could do it by that. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, and also, the other thing is that um, I refresh your memory to another recent story you brought to the show, not so long ago, which was about um, having to punch in your registration yes, yes. thingy and use a card a machine i all remember that, that so, one. so 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 these cash only ones they can't be that common are they i don't know i mean i i, right. I don't know i can only tell you that they they are common in boston <laughs> right <laughs> yeah it well it was better before there wasn't it when you could get change yes but i'd be very interested to know what the dear listener thinks about this, the fact that suddenly you can no longer get cash from a post office because if you can't get it from a post yeah, office, yeah. then then you know, God help us all, we're all doomed. We're doomed. I remember, I remember asking in Tesco once, um, in recent history, since I've been in North Wales, and she said, yeah, yeah, I'll give you some change from the till, but you've got to wait until the till's yes, over. Yes, I remember so I had, that one. I had to wait. Yeah. yeah, but but she but she did. She she gave me she broke a, a note for yes. me or whatever it was. Um, um, I mean, that's yeah. the thing. There's um, always workarounds. There's kind people in shops who'll say, OK, I'll help you. But it, there should be a norm. It should still be possible yeah. to get cash as long as cash is still used in shops. Incidentally, you could have bought something in the Morrisons that you were interested in eating. Yeah, but then it would have cost me more than a pound. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yes, OK. <laughs> but I... Ah! Jingle number seven! <laughs> Okay, that really did turn into a Room 101, didn't it? But never mind, you can do your proper Room 101 now. Well, it, no, it, it was really good to hear the better before jingle. You're absolutely right. That was that was a, a really good one, which we never hear anymore. So we'll try and get some stuff in there. Right, I'm putting into Room 101 news channels that don't use people's names. I was watching the news the other day, oh, and yes. I, I, I don't know who these royal people yeah. are. So you've got, you know, like the Duke of Worcester and the 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 Duchess of Cambridge or the 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 Wessex, whatever yes, it is. All these yes, royal, yes. these these kind of knobby people, <laughs> yes, yes. and and the, and they were doing this coverage of some story or other on the news, and not once did they actually say the person's <laughs> name or who they were. And for anyone that doesn't follow royalty or or knobby posh people like that i had no idea I did, I, from start to finish i did not idea i had no idea who they were talking about and and i so my my rant put to put into room 101 is news channels that don't use people's proper blubber names yes i agree and less frequently but occasionally they'll refer to a politician you know james roberts did this and i think well who's james roberts what you know what does he have to do with the government yes i agree with yeah. you yeah Indeed. So that's my okay. rant anyway. Room 101 for that. OK, you have a sip of tea and calm down while I tell you Ian Barton's rant, which is Trainline. Now, trainline.com, I mean, that's that's a sort of go-to website. Now, what's, Ian, what's Ian's beef? He says, my daughter bought what was supposed to be a return ticket, valid for more than one day via Trainline. She was travelling between Oxford and Stafford and back. On her return journey from Stafford to Oxford, she was made to pay £40 excess because her return ticket was only valid for a day. On looking at the booking, dot, uh, looking at the booking on Trainline, the section from Stoke to Banbury was an unlimited return, but the Banbury to Oxford part was valid only for a day. This was on a single ticket, not two separate tickets. How ridiculous! Yes, if you're going to bundle together, if you're going to bundle a trip together and sell it as one ticket, then you've got to make sure that the whole thing is valid for more than a day. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll accept or, that one. Yeah, or, yeah, I think, yeah, you're absolutely right. The issue here is putting the two things exactly, on one ticket. Exactly, that's what I mean. Sorry, that's what I'm expecting saying. If they're bundled the, together into one ticket, yes. Yeah, you you did say that. Yeah, um, but the, <laughs> the, the, um, the 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 point the point is that um, that that if they are going to sell a ticket, they in that way they need to make it clear. They need to. to point it out to you in some way um because it, it's not obvious isn't it? it you would in the old days this is another better before 
in the old days, you would have two tickets for that. And each one would be clear about what it was. Yes. Not sticking it on one ticket. How ridiculous. I agree, I agree with the judge. As do I, sir. Judge Barton has ruled. Cheap day returns. They were the things. I remember when I was a kid going to London or whatever, or going away oh, yes, watching yes, the Saints, yes. Saints playing football. And cheap day returns. They were significantly cheaper than any other Oh, listen to that. I'm buy. getting a phone call during a recording. Well, naughty, naughty oh, me. Blimey. Sorry. Tell them to naff oh, off. I'm naff so off. sorry, that's the first time, that's, that's about the first time I've ever had a phone call. <laughs> naff <laughs> off, go bye. That reminds me of um, porridge. What, yes, God, but, so, uh, yes, yeah, I remember that. Oh, come back, British Rail, all is forgiven, apart from the sandwiches. Uh, <laughs> should, yeah. we have a, should we have the last jingle? I've lost count what number it is, but it's, it's our favourite. Is it? You were very kind about that jingle. And the thing is, I was, having yeah. played it... But the it, trouble is, there's nothing there's in nothing it. nothing there. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we listened to the jingle purely for that aesthetic reasons. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll put, um, I'll put uh, something in there. What can we put in there? Oh, I know. My Sony um, headphones. I mean, my Sony um, speakers, my little Bluetooth speakers. They're lovely. So, kudos to Sony once again. Hurrah! Kudos for Sony. I like companies like Sony. I like companies like Yamaha that can make pianos on one hand and motorbikes on the other. Oh, that always yeah. amuses me. Yeah, yeah. Yamaha um, musical gear was always really good. I had this lovely piano, um, not a, a, a you know, not a traditional piano, but an electronic one. And it sound you, you. There's just no way you could tell. Well, you might be able to because you're just like that. But <laughs> most people would not be able. To, you couldn't tell it. Oh, wasn't the Yamaha Clavinova. Yeah, yeah oh. when it came out, it was absolutely mind-boggling. The fact that this thing sounded yeah, so yeah. like a real piano. No, no. Stunning, stunning. Um, so there, do you know, I, the, it's interesting. I don't know how we managed to get onto this, but there is a, you can tell if you're in a shopping centre and you hear a piano being played, if it's a real piano, you just know there's something in the frequency of the sound, in the way the sound is produced and the way the sound circulates. You just know, oh, there's a real piano there and somebody's playing it more than you would if it was um, any kind of electronic. It's, it's bizarre and I can't quite explain it, but there it is. Probably because it's not tuned properly. <laughs> it's out of tune, so it slightly sounds a bit wonky. And you say, oh, yeah, that's a real piano, because Yamaha would make it sound proper. <laughs> and on that note, wrap it up, Ted. I think we're done, aren't we? Are, are we done? We've done, we've done our stint, even though we're late. Oh, right, next show, which will be in two weeks. In fact, it should be in less than two weeks. It should be on Christmas Let's Eve. Let's do that. Merry Christmas to one and all. Yes, indeed. Um, so, yeah, um, d do bring stuff to the MeWe group. So we've got lots to talk about on the next show. Whateverworks.works is where you'll find all the stuff we've talked about today. Links galore. TedSalmon.com for me, AidenBell.com for Aiden. MeWe group, yes, indeed. And do you think you'll be recovered from your hard work by Christmas Eve? Oh, I should hope so. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hope... <laughs> Dear, dear. Don't ask me questions like that, Ted. Fair enough. Um, very, very good indeed. I remember uh, me saying to you that your Santa voice um, is very good. And you said to me, how do you know? Yes, I mean, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what would you compare me to? <laughs> Imagine meeting the real Santa and he comes down the chimney and looks at you and says, oh, hello, how lovely to be here. Oh, yeah. Wrap it up. <laughs> oh, the cough's coming back. I'm leaving. Bye-bye. Merry Christmas. Ha, ha, ha.